0: Chapter 11 The grumpy badger stepped back from the door and trotted off away from the children. James looked at Jenny and Elf. None of them moved. Well, what are you waiting for? The badger called. You've only got five minutes. Jenny stepped past James and followed the badger through the door. On the other side was a huge room with a high ceiling and a stone-flagged floor. It was lit by old-fashioned lamps fastened to the walls at regular intervals. It was easily twice as big as the school hall. The focal point of the room was a big wooden seat. A throne, perhaps, positioned in front of the wall on Jenny's left. There were bookcases and bureaus and tables and shelves behind the throne. On the wall opposite were pictures, portraits of animals. Mostly badgers, but some foxes and hedgehogs among them. And in the centre of the room was a long, wide banquet table. It was covered in a dark-coloured tablecloth, and several ornate candelabra. Only a handful of candles had been lit. There was no food on the table, but piles of objects in places. Books, bottles, parchments, and clothes overflowed the table onto chairs and the floor. Their host made his way to the wooden throne and sat down heavily. Then he got up with a humph and carried a bench out in front of him and sat back down again. Come on, come on. Time is running. Jenny walked over and sat down in the middle of the bench. It was dusty, but felt smooth and well-constructed. Elf and James joined her, sitting either side. "'Are you the king under the fort?' James asked again. "'Yes, for whatever it's worth these days. This hall used to be filled with badgers, foxes and hedgehogs, and even the odd mole. But now they all keep to themselves. Most animals now seem either to be at war with each other, or try to keep out the way.' Not much a king can do about it. Countess Madeira didn't think so, James said. She thought you would help her get her starlings back under the pier. Starlings come and starlings go, the king said. Not my business. If they move back to the pier now, they'll move away from it next year on a whim. I've heard Worthing's got plenty of good roosting spots. And what about Archduke Crackwing? Jenny asked. Is it right that he's in Brighton? We don't even know why he's here. That bird is a bad sort, the king said. Gives us animals a bad name. No doubt he's here to bolster his nephew, the Duke of Jubilee Square. They're always trying to get one up on the stupid pigeons. But King Pigeon has one thing on his side. Numbers. I don't really care if they wipe each other out. Birds, ha! Bird brains, all of them. King Pigeon has a plan to burn the pier down, James pleaded. You can't let him do that. "'I can do what I want,' the king said. "'I told you. Bird-brains, their plans won't amount to more than feathers and fluff.' "'But my poor cat has been poisoned because of the seagulls,' Elf said. "'She wasn't trying to do anything apart from keeping movement free in Brighton.' "'We haven't had freedom of movement for years. "'The roads and humans put pay to that. "'But animals shouldn't restrict other animals. I agree with that. "'Who was your cat again?' Mistress Claudia of Adail and some other things, Elf said. She held out Claudia's collar for the king to see. He looked at it for a long moment. He seemed lost in thought. Then he heaved his body off the throne and went behind to a bureau against the wall. He pulled it open and called back to Elf. What poison did they get her with? Crimson glove? Hooded monkweed? Or was it the old white snake root? Oh, a favourite, that one. I don't know, Elf said. I think I have the dart, Jenny said. She pulled the cling film-wrapped arrow out of her pocket and took it over to the badger. He took it and unwrapped it with surprising dexterity, given his big furry paws. He took the arrow carefully between two clawed digits and held it under his nose. He didn't breathe in, but just held it there, and then wrapped it back up and gave it back to Jenny. Spotted parsley. Nasty stuff. Let's hope she didn't get too much of an her, eh? He rummaged around, opening some small drawers in the bureau, until he found what he wanted. It was a small sprig of something that looked like dried lavender. There's no known cure for spotted parsley, I'm afraid. But if she's not dead, which she should be, then this'll help her recover. He gave the bundle to Elf. What should I do with it? she asked. She can't eat. She's in a coma. Eat it. Eat it. That's the funniest thing I've heard all year, and it's been a long year. The king broke into a long, hoarse laugh. No, girl, it's a remedy. Rub it into her fur. How will that help, James asked, if the poison is inside her? The king's good humour vanished. You question me, boy, the king said sternly. Hold out your hand. No, the other one. James held out his injured hand reluctantly. He'd covered it in plasters at home. "'Sore hand, eh?' The king approached with a pawful of another dried plant. He bent low and took a sniff of James' hand. "'Pigeons. Nasty birds. I bet that throbs.' "'Yes, it does,' James said. "'I wasn't always a king, you know. Hold on to this.' James took the dried plant in his hand. "'Squeeze it tight.' the king ordered. James squeezed. That'll do. The king took back the plant. Take a look under one of those plasters now. James peeled the one from the back of his hand, where the biggest gouge was. The wound was still there, still raw around the edges. The king moved his paw fast and held James's hand tight. Then he took his other hand and pushed a claw into the gouge. Jenny gasped and looked away. Elf whimpered. I can't feel a thing, James said. Correct, said the king, and you'll not get an infection now either. The badger sat back down and sighed. I'm too old to start interfering with other people's problems. But if you really want to poke your noses in where they're not wanted, I suggest you find someone who's more interested than me. He took a brass key from his shorts pocket. This'll take you where you're really not wanted into the sewers. There's a nasty creature down there, selfish and wretched, but he has one positive quality. He hates the pigeons, the seagulls, and the cats. Find him, and you might find help to stop King Pigeon and Crackwing. But be warned, he will betray you at the first glance. His name is... Lord Ratzenberg. Lord Ratzenberg. He gave the key to Jenny, and she put it with the arrow in her pocket. Thank you, she said. Bah! You had more than five minutes, so you best get out of here. I suggest you take the mole's tunnel. He pointed to the far wall, then closed his eyes and started snoring. James found the mole. It was in a portrait next to a fox. The picture was hinged, and behind it was a shaft that went straight up, with rungs like the entrance. They climbed up and up at least forty feet, and then found themselves in the middle of a particularly thorny bush near the path around the fort. Gorse. James worked out the best way to get through it was to turn backwards and let his coat take the full force of the thorns. Jenny and Elf followed in his wake. Well, that wasn't as helpful as I'd hoped, James said, brushing his coat off. I had hoped for tea and toast, Jenny said. I didn't ask where to use the key or how to find this Lord Ratzenberg creature. Well, we did well to make it out alive, Elf said. He was scary. It was nearly two o'clock in the morning. They might be able to get five hours sleep before school if they were lucky. And that was if they made it back to their houses without being caught. They would meet at breakfast club and spend Thursday coming up with a plan. Then they would have Thursday night and all of Friday to try and find Lord Ratzenberg. And to persuade him to help them foil King Pigeon's plan.